What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Michelle, and we are discussing the second episode of season six, Outlander. And the name of this episode is Allegiance. And we get to see a lot of it in this episode. And we get to see a lot of kind of back and forth, like, ma'am, we do. What's about to happen? We start out with the natives, though, with the Native Americans, which I don't think we've seen them. Did we see them in last? I don't think we saw them last season. We saw Ian come back. No, we didn't uh, see them from the Mohawk, but we haven't seen them since Mm -hmm. season four. Mm -hmm. So. And this group is the Cherokees. So no, mm-hmm. we have not seen them at all last season. Yeah. And these are Cherokee that we have encountered before because these were the um, Native Americans who saw Jamie fight a bear with his bare hands. So he has a little bit of a established relationship with them. And now as the Indian agent, oh, I hate saying that, but as the Indian yeah, agent. I can't. Native American representative. There you go. There you go. So as the representative, he is there to try to broker some peace between the natives and the king, you know, basically saying, okay, you know what? We want you guys to be on our side. This is what we, you know, what we want to try to do. And this whole exchange to me was a little uncomfortable because you can tell Jamie does not want to be there. If you knock my mic out, we're going to fight. My cat is walking all across my desk. She has not bothered me all evening, but now that I want to start recording, she wants to start messing with everything. So if my video goes out or my mic starts sounding funny, it's her fault. Yeah, she wants to be a part of the podcast. Oh, uh, you know what? She should have she should have been in here from the time I was getting prepped. But no, you can't come in all late. So anyway, the scene seemed a little. It seemed a little strange to me mm-hmm. because it's, it's like Jamie and Ian don't know what's going to happen with the natives, you know, during the American Revolution. That part of the conversation comes in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But as he's sitting there talking to them, they are making it clear okay, there's something you can do for us. We want weapons, not just, you know, knives or whatever. We want guns. Lots of them. We want lots of guns. We want to be able to defend ourselves against these other pale faces who keep encroaching in our territory. I was like, oh, are we going to have to watch this this season? I don't want to watch the slaughter of Native Americans, but I have a feeling it's coming. It is because it's going to play a part with Ian later. So it is. I know. We're going to we're, we're going to see that that struggle there. Yeah. And so. and. You know, we still at this point in the story don't know exactly why Ian left the Mohawk. We don't. You know, we know that he started there as an unwilling captive, you know, because of the whole thing with Roger. You know, they they sold Roger to the Mohawk when they thought that he was the one that raped Brianna. They had to go through this whole thing of going to find him, rescuing him. And Ian stayed behind in exchange for Roger as kind of like a penance for his part in what happened to Roger and subsequently Brianna, because then Brianna was sitting there the whole time thinking Roger had just abandoned her. She mm-hmm. went through her whole pregnancy alone. She gave birth alone all because, you know, of 
that whole miscommunication, that whole mishap that we won't even go into. So as Ian was there, he apparently made a life for himself. You know, when he comes back, he has some of the markings of the Mohawk. Mm -hmm. He's adopted their way of dress, you know, a lot of their customs. And we get a hint last season of the fact that he may have had a wife and that things didn't work out with the wife, but we don't really get a lot of detail about that. We get a little bit of tidbit at the towards the end of this episode which we'll get to later but Mm -hmm. yes yeah and then last season a little bit of the last scene not last season season before when we saw that last bit with him with the mohawk you saw him go through the little ritual or challenge like do he deserve to be there and he Mm -hmm. got through it so we know okay at some point he's gonna be a, a you know a part of that tribe so but he left it and we don't know why have some speculation now because, you know, like I said, he mentioned his wife in the last season. And then we see towards the end of the episode after Marceline has given birth to the baby that he had a son before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm assuming that didn't turn out well. And that's why he ended up coming back. That's but, what I assume too. Yeah. Everybody's going through some stuff this season. Yes. <laughs> so yes, yeah, sitting there, um, Asking for their requests with lots of guns. Yeah, you can see that it's kind of hard. Hard because he doesn't, Jamie doesn't quite know how their future will lie and what, which way he should go with this. Mm-hmm. Ian, because he doesn't know if the natives. Get them the guns. Yeah. Yeah. So but he doesn't know if the natives, okay, if we give them the guns and this war breaks out, are they going to be fighting on our side or are they going to be fighting against us? using the mm-hmm. guns that we have supplied them one. with mm-hmm. to fight us. So he, I mean, he has a, he has a valid concern. He does. And luckily he, he has a little bit of knowledge from Claire, but again, Claire was not raised in the Americas. Like she was only there for a few years and probably just never really thought about the history of America because she never really thought that she was going to go back. You know, she just knows the major points, the major points that you learn in school. Right. Taxes on the T, doggone it. I can't get my T because of the stupid taxes. Yes. Yeah. So she doesn't know the fine details of, okay, we have these Native Americans. They normally fought for the king. Now, what happened when we have the Revolutionary War? We don't Mm -hmm. know. And all the other stuff. She just knows taxes on the T and I was on the losing side. (laughs) Right, that's it. <laughs> that's about it. But um, that and the Boston Tea Party was the beginning. She's like, "Oh, this is the beginning." I'm like, "No, so some other stuff was happening before." But hey, it was the beginning because you knew about that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But um, we're gonna come back to them later. Let's go talk about. Let's talk about the Christies. <laughs> okay, I thought you was about to get into uh. We'll leave that one alone. What happened in the tent? But we'll get to the Christmas. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We got to talk about the Christmas because I, I have it playing in the background. And old Tom Christie and his old decrepit hand came up. And I was like, okay, we got to go ahead and talk about him and his. So, so we've made it no secret that neither one of us liked Tom Christie. No, and it didn't help this episode pushed me over the edge 
particularly because you did not want your hand fixed. And okay, I can deal with that. You don't want Claire to touch it. You want to go about your business. This is how the Lord made you everything. But the only reason you change your mind. Because you want to whip your daughter's ass and you can't hold a belt. You can't hold a belt. And when I tell you I love the look on her face. Girl, I was. That was the best part ever. I was dying when she was looking at him. I mean, just the look on her face was like. Yeah, you're talking yeah. all that smack, but you can't, you can't even hold a belt nothing. to discipline me. Nothing. <sighs> that was it so was satisfying. Yes, it was. But then when he turns around and he goes to uh, Claire and he was like, uh, yeah, I've reconsidered. I want the surgery on my hand. You know, I, I can't write. And you've been managing all these years. Why? Why now? I looked at him like. If the only reason why you want to get your hand fixed is so you can hold that belt to discipline your child, I was like, maybe that's not it. Maybe he, maybe he just wants to be close no. to Claire or something. I don't know. No, I mean he has. I'm trying to say this the most polite way possible, but that's what he really wanted to do was beat her and beat his daughter and he couldn't do it. And that's the only reason why he changed. So I'm having the feeling that, you know, he, he gets off on this because I can't, what, what did she do? The milk is spoiled. I mean, what, what is there? Right. You drop it. She's cleaning it up off. I mean, cause she spent some time with Claire. So you gonna tell me every little thing you're going to be her. Yeah. So you got to get your hand fixed. So to me, you have an issue with women. Oh, and of course. of course you get off on this mm-hmm. so very much that, so. That was, so no i don't care for him and it, this episode did not help no me over there not at all but it's interesting because you see when when claire leaves out of there she goes and she sees um alan and malvin she's talking to them alan alan is a little bit of a contradiction to me because He talks about the way his father teaches and the way his father has raised them almost with a little bit of disdain. Like he's like he doesn't approve of it or he thinks it's over the top or he just doesn't like it. But then when Malva also speaks that kind of same thing or when she kind of tries to assert herself, like, yes, I have interest in learning how to be a healer, you know, and this and, and this kind of stuff. He wants I was to like, well, no, she has chores. And yeah, I'm he like, wants to enforce his daddy's rules then. Like, this is how it starts. Mm-hmm. This is how it starts. But because I I'm, thought he was, I thought he was different, you know, especially he was he was stealing, you know, and he, he was talking to Ian. I'm like, okay, maybe he's different. Like Melva's different from her dad. He's different from, but then you the disdain look when he's talking about how the dad is raising him. Mm-hmm. Tom Christie is raising him. But then you enforce that on your sister. Yep. So I'm like, okay. I don't get it. But at the I same time, either. it's kind of, it, it's it's almost like a. He's riding a fence. I don't he think he is. knows. He doesn't know. I don't think he knows where his place is. I don't think so. He does seem a little bit kind of unsure mm-hmm. with, I guess, like you say, his place on the ridge. Like he is tom christie's son but tom christie obviously doesn't have a lot of respect for his children you know because he comes from that time when respect for your children what's that we don't do that you either do it you either do as i tell you to do or you don't 
And when you don't, oh, you're a disappointment. You're this, you're that, you're a sinner in Tom Christie's words, you know? You're dead to me, so. So it's kind of like, he's trying to figure out, like he knows he doesn't want to go in the same path of his father, but at the same time, I don't think he really properly knows how to disconnect himself from that and be his own person. Because Mm -hmm. if this is all you've ever known, and you've had no other examples of how to be something other than that, then that's going to, it's going to sneak its way in there, especially with your sister, young, pretty girl. The Ridge is full of, you know, guys who are her age, Mm -hmm. you know, if she decided that she wanted to court or whatever the case may be, however they did things on Fraser's, Fraser's Ridge back in those days. But It's just, it's interesting to see two kids come from the same person and one of them is so conflicted that he doesn't know what he, what he stands for or what he wants to be or what he wants to do or what he wants to say. And then you have the other one who is very clearly outspoken, but then, you know, when she, when she's fussed at or when she's scolded, she kind of, she kind of sinks back into herself, but Mm -hmm. it's obvious that she is not meant to be caged. And I have a feeling that's going to be a problem later on, yeah. but because she's a she's adapting and she's learning. That's why she loves being around um, Claire. So mm-hmm. she's all the things that her dad has taught her. But she's seen that you, you need to make an adjustment to your thinking mm-hmm. and to a way of life really is. Right. So like, Claire, why, can, like why can't why can't a woman be a physician? And, you know, they they kind of say that to Claire. They're like, you know, we're just surprised that a woman will be a physician. And what is it that she tells Alan? She said, well, if I need something, if I need a tune up or if I need my broomstick to be fixed, I know where to bring it. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I like the fact that she is kind of, she's taking that in stride now because, you know, Claire, like she said, she's been called witch so many times it probably doesn't even bother her now but still you're dealing with a new group you're dealing with a very religious group so even though jamie is the leader on fraser's ridge it wouldn't take much for some kind of rebellion or some kind of you know mob to go after claire i don't think Mm -hmm. but um Mm -hmm. and you know this was wasn't this the episode was, was this the episode with the weird no, that was the next episode, I think. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's a, yeah. no. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, um, there was one touching line in that whole exchange where Claire was talking to the Christy children. When Malva expressed her interest in learning how to be a healer, Claire invites her. She says, my daughter, Marceline. And I was like, oh, oh. Oh, she called her her daughter, which is sweet because, you know, I mean, you know how things started out with them. Oh, yes. So her her mom was a pistol. So, right. And then when Marsley first met Claire, she was like the whore, the whore. Right. Well, you know, that's what her mom was talking about. You know, her mom was mad about that. Yeah. Taking her man from the beginning. And then she got him back. And then she taking him again. You can't keep what you never had. Yeah, that is true. So, and she never had him. But Claire does go to see Marsley the next morning, and uh, Malva does show up. And she shows up, and Claire 
starting to show her how to like take blood pressure and, um, you know, feel for the pulse. And we noticed that Marsley has another bruise. And, you know, this is something that we discussed in the last episode. Yes. And I, I said, I didn't think that Fergus was being abusive. And it turns out that he's not, you no, know, Marsley is a hothead. She is a hothead. She, she gets it. Honestly, she gets it from mm-hmm. Larry, but you know, she, she basically says, yeah, he just grabbed my arm because I tried to hit him with something or she threw a poser. I had to look it up. Poser. Okay. okay what is it? It's a washing tool. It was, it's almost looked like a plunger. Ah, almost, but to use it for washing. Okay. Yeah. I had, I had oh, to go okay. back. Mm-hmm. I had to actually go back. Close caption on like, what does she go after him with? Mm-hmm. poser and then i looked it up so it, it it's a washing tool okay so yeah well, she, she was went, yeah she went after him with it because fergus has been drinking steadily he's been drunk he's not been helping her with the kids she's heavily pregnant she's almost due to give birth and she's got three little ones at the house and Jermaine mm-hmm. is his father's son he's little he's a little mischievous something and it's just getting to be a lot for marsley and she threw mm-hmm. something at him and he grabbed her and it I guess he grabbed her lo- hard enough to either bruise her or maybe she was trying to move. But she admits it to Claire. She was like, no, he didn't do this, but he did try to stop me because I kind of went off. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have the conversation where she says, you know, he's been drinking a lot because he feels like he failed us. He feels like he should have been there to protect us, to help, to prevent what happened with the Browns. And you can see when Marsley mentions it, Claire does that thing where she, you know, she, she's having her, yep, it's her trigger moment. Was, yep. The darkness mm-hmm. comes over and she immediately, I mean, immediately runs home. So, so far they are making this like a, I'm not saying she's an addict at this point, but she's, she's kind of slowly going down that path. Yeah. To where every time that trigger happens, she's going to have to go and self-medicate to kind of yeah. forget it. And I, I'm, I mean, there. I was OK. I was OK at night because you're having a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. OK, but when it's during the day. And you're triggered and you can't wait to get to the house mm-hmm. to self-medicate. Yeah, we we have a small little issue here. Especially if you're supposed to be responsible for taking care of other people on the ridge. So like, there's an emergency. You're knocked out. That's my feeling. Marcy goes into labor. You're knocked out. And Claire is too important on the ridge for that. You know, yeah. not to say that not to say that she should ignore, you know, what she's going through because of who she is and what she does on the ridge. But I just don't want this to become a big thing for her. Because again, I feel like it's so out of character for her to get into that, like to be, you know, for us, it's like a comparison with drugs, like, oh, okay, I can't cope. I'm going to use drugs or, oh, okay, I'm in pain. I'm going to use drugs. And that being the first thing, instead of talking it out with your husband, talking it out with your daughter who has been through a similar experience, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just opening up period but claire is keeping everything so close to the chest i think because she doesn't want to admit that she's vulnerable she doesn't want Mm -hmm. to admit that she's still affected you know she wants to come across as strong so that people don't worry about her but 
what was it that you said in the last episode? Even the strong people need checking up on. Mm-hmm. They do, you know. And she can't. And she, she can't be what she needs to be for everybody else if she can't do that for herself. Right. And then they're slowly seeing that. Okay, she's okay. We're gonna stop asking if she's okay because she must be okay. And right. she's not. Yeah, but so. I mean, and then even when she gets to the house, you know, she comes into her surgery. She turns around, and when she closes the door. She thinks she sees the image of Lionel Brown and she hears him. And then that's when she goes for the ether. And I'm just like, somebody's going to have to excise him out of her, out of that space. But then also, you know, I was thinking about it too. You know, Marsley has this thing about when she, when she killed Lionel, she was like, is he going to haunt me? And it's almost like, because that's where he was, where he died. It's almost like his his presence is there, maybe not intentionally, but one could argue, yeah, that's probably his spirit. Like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna haunt you to the end of your days because y'all killed Mm -hmm. me. But, dude, you deserved it. You did. And we must not forget that. Mm -hmm. And his brother must not forget that either. So Mm. we won't talk about his brother because I just I just feel like, again, Things back then were such that, you know, oh, yeah, we kidnapped this woman and we we took her from her land. And oh, yeah, several of my men raped her. No big deal. But you killed my brother. And I'm going to come after you for that. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Whatever. But... uh, Okay, so before we move on, let's go back to the tent. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little humor. It was <laughs> it was funny. It was but... funny. It was funny. And Ian was just, I mean, he was tickled, but Ian it was, was no it was just, help. He wasn't, but <laughs> he thought this was entertaining. But I'm like, Ian, you single, you could have you could have told the women to come over there if that was the case. You know your uncle is not about this life. No, at all. He said, I made a pledge. Please tell him I made a pledge. And he was just sitting there like, he was like, I don't no, know. Don't t- no, don't. And the one time he gets offended is because one said, I wouldn't want a kid with red hair. What's wrong with red hair? Nothing's wrong with red hair. However, that got him excited for when he came home the next scene. Girl. <laughs> he couldn't wait. To so, get home to see his dear Claire. So like I said, we, we've been seeing a lot more. Of the, well, I won't say a lot more because we've always had intimate scenes with Jamie mm-hmm. and Claire throughout the seasons. Even, even last season when there was so much going on, you still saw it. Yeah. But did. we've gotten it two episodes in a row now. That I don't think that's happened in a while. No. So, and it's just like the last episode we saw the very intimate very you know slow and mm-hmm. the very you know just it was it was a lot more romantic i guess is the the word i'm looking for and Actually, this one was love very making. Yes. love making this was um a quick in the afternoon man. yes yes but it also shows that you can have relations at any age and they're older now he may have wanted to do it again and like he said if I was, um, they said, what did he say again? <laughs> if I was not old, I have you on your knees and ass in the air. 
I was like, okay, Jamie. Okay. However, it shows that, you know, they still have intimacy and have this even as an older age. Because right now, what is their age, actually? Um, I believe they are both in their 50s at this point. I think Claire may be on the upper end of that. I heard that. If I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look. But yeah, I think they're in their like late. Well, no, maybe not late 50s because I remember... No, they got to be, it's got to be earlier 50s because Jamie had his 50th birthday while they were getting ready to fight the, um, the regulators that okay. like right around that time they were fighting and, and mm-hmm. Mercer died. Mm-hmm. Jamie had just had his 50th birthday. I remember that because they had the whole scene in the tent where he was looking at his, you know, talking about, well, it still stands up and salutes in the morning. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I forgot like, about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So it does show that um mm-hmm. older people can be intimate and have those quickies in the mid afternoon mm-hmm. with the whole house hearing what's going on. <laughs> but then, <sighs> then you get the red coats coming, right? Mm-hmm. I just. Now, I realize that we are talking about a time where all of this is coming into play and they are talking about real historical events. But can I just say, I'm so sick of seeing the red coats. I'm so sick of seeing them. I'm sick of the British. Can we just, can we find some way to tell the story without them? Because I just, I just don't want to see them. But anyway, this particular visit is when um, Jamie is meeting with Lieutenant McDonald and you think that he's going to relay the request from the Cherokee about the guns. And he's like, nope. And Ian tries to kind of come in and talk over him. And I'm like, oh, Ian, that yeah. don't just, you don't know. Don't you do don't that. Do don't that. do that. But this and is what when helped. He, yeah. What helped him with that was when they had their little, um, they little moment upstairs, Claire, he did ask Claire after they were done about what happened to the Native American during mm-hmm. this time. So it's a lot to weigh on you when you kind of know, you don't know exactly, but you know how the future is going mm-hmm. and you have to figure out what decisions to make now that won't. And how they're going to affect later effect. on. Mm-hmm. Later on. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially with the Native Americans, because it can go either way and you don't yeah. know. Yeah, because Claire is not Claire knows a little bit about what happened, but I don't think she studied it intensively. Mm-hmm. So when Ian goes to Brianna and asks, Brianna, of course, was raised in the state, so she would have learned a little more American history than Claire. So she knows and she was like, yeah, things don't this war doesn't turn out too good for the natives, you know, and that kind of informs Ian. His his opinions, because he tells Jamie, he was like, look, that's my people, too. Mm-hmm. And if it comes between standing for them or, or against them, I'm standing with them. They need to be protected. They need to be helped. And we need to get them those guns. And Jamie is still kind of on the fence. Like, on the fence. yep. I, I don't know what to do. But, you know, Jamie has been Jamie has been kind of on the fence 
in, in between these two worlds for a very long time. And he says and he, that to Claire too. He's like, look, I can't be a rebel and loyal to the crown. And it's, it's just, I'm being pulled in two different directions and I can't keep doing this. He's going to have to make a infinitive decision. He's going to have to draw the line mm-hmm. because you can't. Like when the war happens, you can't be, I put on the red coat, then I take the red coat off. I put on the red. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make a decision and it's going to it's going to tear up y'all little piece that y'all have which is not really peaceful really no but it's it's going to happen so i do like that he does change his mind at the end but we'll get to the end when he changes i mean we can talk about it now just because it because the reason why he did it is such a beautiful reason it is you know and we'll get to marsley in the birth but you know marsley has the baby in this episode and as i mentioned earlier he is born with dwarfism and Mm -hmm. so it's it's a difficult thing for fergus to and and we don't see a lot of his reaction we just see his reaction and then he kind of leaves because he's trying to process it but there's a there's a point where ian goes down and he's visiting marceline he's holding the baby and you know they're cooing over the baby they're fawning over him he tells marceline I had a child, Mm -hmm. you know, and he basically says about Fergus, you know, he'll come back. Mm -hmm. He's hurting now and he's grieving now, but he'll be back. And Jamie happens to overhear this Mm -hmm. exchange because, again, Ian never said anything to them. Mm -hmm. I don't even think he's told Jamie that he was married. I know he mentioned it to Claire and Brianna like, you know. Is there anything is there anything that can be fixed between a man and his wife? And I think, of course, Claire and Brianna figured that out. But when Jamie witnesses this exchange and he goes back, he's at the house late at night. Claire comes down because he's not in bed and he's writing his letter to Lieutenant McDonald saying, hey, the Cherokee would like guns. And she was like, you changed your mind. He said, yeah. He said, you know, Ian had a child with his Mm -hmm. Mohawk wife. And he said that is his family. And, and he has, um, you know, he has to be, he's loyal to them mm-hmm. because that's his family. And my and loyalty loyal is to him. to him. And I knew that I, was coming out of his mouth before he got, I, girl. I was crying. I was like, oh, that is so beautiful. I was like, why am I even crying? Because I knew that was going to happen. I knew he was going to say something like that because this is Jamie Fraser we're talking about. I know, but it was it was beautiful. It was. You know, it it's, was. Gotten, it's gotten to that point where now when we watch the episodes, I think she waited until the end of the third episode. But like in the episodes now, Michaela's just like, Jamie will say stuff. It should just be like, yeah where is he like where is mine she was like who, who writes this he's perfect she was like this well, is why this is why i have such high expectations of men because of jamie well, and there's another one he's not a great man but if listeners ever watch this this is us that's mm-hmm. how they write the day at uh, Milo. Okay. That's how they write him. So, I mean, he's not perfect. He was alcoholic, but he will say lines like that, and you, oh my goodness. Ah, gotcha. That is a perfect dad, or that is a perfect husband. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect friend. And you'd be like, wow, the things they write for him, it's the same exact thing. That's the same feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow. Right. Can we find more of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
But yeah, so Jamie, Jamie has, you know, he's kind of made his choice at this point. He's like, all mm-hmm. I can do is ask. And where it goes from there, it's just up to fate. It's up to history. It's up to whatever, but it's out of my hands. I've done what I'm what I need to do. You mm-hmm. know, his conscience is clear, whichever way it goes. So, you know, what just a simple terms. Right. We started off with, no, I'm not going to get them the guns to, okay, wait a second. That's mm-hmm. Ian's family and he's my family. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm going to have to do. Yep. And then she's right there saying, I think this is the right thing to do. Of course, because she got his back. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the episode with the uh, strange funeral. <laughs> 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 uh, before we get to the funeral because we got a little bit of roger and brianna it was you had mentioned during when we did our pre-show about them having that second child mm-hmm. so they kind of hinted at it again especially when everyone thought she was pregnant and she's like really so that's all i could do for you guys i have a new invention and then which like, everybody oh. was so not impressed with. right oh <laughs> wow but they were so like you're pregnant you're pregnant you're pregnant Oh, a lighter. Oh, it's a match. Oh, okay. It was like that's definitely sure. old-fashioned values because it's like, oh, you have a big, you have a big announcement. Oh, it has to be you're pregnant because what else could it be? What right. else could be that important? Right. So, but then they talk about it and that they've been trying, and it's you know hasn't come. So I'm like, okay, they're just giving us a warning that that this is probably going to happen. So mm-hmm. for th- for those of us who have read that part of the book this is kind of warning us okay so at some point brianna and roger are going back to the future it has to happen because Mm -hmm. i don't like i know that they have made their decisions to stay but i think there's some things that happen in the later books that i'm not fully aware of yet that are affected by the fact that they go back to the future and it kind of drives part of the story. So they, I think at this point, they have to go back. They have to go back. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at the end of this season. It might be part of next season. You know, we are getting that extended season um, mm-hmm. next year. So it may be part of that. I don't think they'll do it now because we only have, again, I think, I think this season is actually seven episodes and not six. I meant to look it up earlier and I forgot. But um, I don't think they have time to do that. Like, have her go through a whole pregnancy and and then because i think everything else has been you know going at a nice pace so right that'll be a quick oh i got pregnant and i'm having the baby the next episode that would because be, i think when they went us. back i think i think the i think the little girl's name was amanda they called her mandy i think she was close to three when they when they traveled oh. back so yeah so it was it was a couple it was some years Okay, so that may be next season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So that brings again. us to um, Roger being the pastor on the Fraser Ridge. So we can go to the funeral. Temporary, temporary. It's, he's just a stand-in because the other because the other pastor got delayed or whatever. Okay, but yeah. Um, to say his first act as the Fraser's Ridge minister was a success is maybe not i guess it can be accurate if you want to think about the fact that the person whose funeral he was presiding over 
uh, actually was not dead. Like she literally started moving in the middle and Jermaine is looking at her and they're praying. And he's like, granny, granny. And Claire's like, shh. And as she starts breathing again, he's like, granny. She's like, what do you have to, do you have to go to the privy? He's like, no, she's moving. And of course this lady, she sits up. And everybody's looking around. Of course, I was like, oh, Lord, because, of course, Claire takes off her her shawl and she goes over to cover her. I said, Claire, they're going to think you're a witch. They're going to think. But this is what I in my (laughs) note taking. All of us are in there. It's just not Claire. It's other friends. It could be somebody else. Why does it have to be me? Because Claire's I'm the one, one that's different. I know, but I'm because just saying. she's the one that's different. She's It'd the one different. that's the it was healer. Just if it was just me and her in my surgery and she popped up alive again, walking around, that that'd be, be different. different. <laughs> that would be different. But this was another hilarious scene to me because that woman was truly complaining about her funeral. She was because the, because apparently her son in law arranged the funeral and and they were doing it in the half built church that Tom Christie mm-hmm. and his people are building. So you don't even have like all the walls are kind of kind of sort of up, but you don't even have a full roof. You don't have like there there's still holes because the walls are not fully put up yet. And she's complaining. She was like, "Oh yeah, you cheap thing." She was like, "Did you pay the sin eater?" And I was like, "Wait, sin eater? Really?" Yeah. And he's like, well, "We didn't have time." She was like, "We really? didn't pay the sin eater." And then here comes the sin eater coming in. I was just like. I'm so confused. Like, yeah, that was different. I only know about the sin eater from Sleepy Hollow. So yeah. I'm just, I'm and just. That's what the bread was for. I didn't know that. But they didn't even have the right outfit on. She was talking about her outfit too. She, and, just, had, and she just had all kinds of issues. But I guess, you know, when you think about it, when you plan a funeral and, and they're probably like, well, she wants it this way, but she's not going to know the difference. <laughs> well, she woke up and knew the difference. And then Roger was like, enough. I mean, you got this moment. This is your final moment with your family. Mm-hmm. And you complaining. Right. On, because, you know, Claire tries to feel around to figure out what's going on. She was like, oh, she had such and such aneurysm that would have caused her to go into a deep sleep. And Roger's like, okay, can you save her? She was like, not in the next five minutes, which is probably all she has. So, you know, she does make up with her family. She does make up with the son-in-law. She tells the son-in-law that he was a great son to her and he seemed really touched. And then she died. And I was just like, that was weird. I noticed I've been saying that word a lot lately talking about our shows weird, but I mean, how, how else, how else can you describe it? This woman literally sits up in her own funeral and everybody else is there. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, it was weird. Scared to the weird. point where they have now said that Claire's not allowed to come back into the church. And, and there were some friends who left the funeral. They were like, um, I'm not a part of this, so I'm going home. See, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I guess I would feel like this is somebody that I cared about and they died. And if I if, if they they sat up and I'm just like, oh, and like she didn't look dead, she didn't look like a zombie. She literally looked like she had been sleeping. She just woke up. I probably would have been like, oh, okay. 
I'm sorry. I would get the hell out of there. I don't know what the hell is going on in here. But I'm going to leave for about an hour, 10 minutes, and y'all figure it out, and I'll come back in. Because if I'm at a funeral, even for a loved one, and they pop up, I'm popping out. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't want to find out. I'll wait 30 minutes. Y'all come outside and get me. You know what? We used to have a joke about that. So uh, we lost one of my brother's best friends uh, when I was 17. And it's so funny because when we lost him, there was a group of us when we when we would talk about him. We always said we feel like it's a practical joke. Like we feel like we're going to show up to the funeral and his ass is going to sit up and be like, aha, I got you all. That's what I thought about. When I saw the scene, I was like, she was just like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to see if y'all were going to do what I told you to do. Nope. I have the wrong outfit on. Why am I in this? What kind of bit? I think she called it a barn. She was like, what kind of barn do you have me in? Like, it was almost like it was a joke. She was like, oh, okay. well, I'm trying to say, okay, so who showed up at my funeral? and Who didn't show up? Oh, okay. So it was just one of those comical moments. Yes. And then, of course, she dies for real. And it's just, amen. Yeah. And <laughs> another weird point, another what else weird, can you do? Yeah. And another weird thing is, um, you gonna say something to your daughter? Hello, I love you too. You did the best you could too. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, at the son-in-law, and then they going back and forth, and then finally, oh, you were the best. But and but you know, I guess. I guess she felt like the daughter would, you know, back then again, husband is the head of the household. He's going to make all the decisions. So she's probably like, oh, I know if it was up to her, all of this would be different. So this is your fault. Yes, that's true. That's probably what it was. So, mm. but yeah, that it was a, uh, I don't really know why we had the scene, to be honest with you, or what I was supposed to take from it that later we won't let clear back into the house of the Lord, but I don't know why else what I'm supposed to get from this. How I think it, it was supposed to else. add some levity or it was supposed to add some, some gravity. It was supposed to balance out the seriousness of the episode because, you know, you had a little bit of seriousness before it. And then you have the seriousness after it, because immediately after that scene is where Marsley goes into labor mm-hmm. and we figure and we figure out that something is not quite right. Like she's having a, a really stressful time with this labor. And Claire is worried that Marsley is not going to make it. Like she may have to do a cesarean to save the baby, but Marsley won't make it. And of course, Fergus is nowhere to be found. And, you know, it. I, I think it was supposed to, with a lot of episodes, you know, you get the funny stuff before you mm-hmm. get the really serious stuff. Because like I said, when I messaged you and you were like, I'm about to watch this episode, I was like, make sure you have tissues because there was a lot of crying in this episode, at least for me, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just overly sensitive anyway. And I cry at the drop of a dime when it comes to stuff me like too. this. But mm-hmm. this episode, especially the back part of this episode, because you have Roger confronting Fergus about not being there for his wife because Fergus is sitting at home he's you know drinking. drunk and he feels like there's nothing he can do he's like oh she's with Claire she'll be fine and Roger's like dude your wife is in harm's way and she keeps asking for you she's crying out for you and when Fergus is like what can I do he was like 
I don't know. But it's apparently she thinks there's something you can do. So you need to man up and go be the man that she thinks you are, or at least pretend. And maybe when you see her, you won't have to pretend. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was enough for Fergus to go. Man up and get there. And, and he did. Monster- he did a fabulous job. I mean, <laughs> fabulous. It was fabulous. Now, if I could give birth like that, I mean, I clearly <laughs> wouldn't need any medication. That's that the way to go. Was um, I was not expecting it. Although I, I'm trying to remember if that was written like that in the book. I believe it may have been, but again, it's been so long since I've read that book that I don't remember. But when he came in, first of all, the look of joy on her face Mm -hmm. when he showed up. And I don't know if he was still drunk. He was playing it off if he was. He was basically like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And she was like, I think I'm going to die. He said, you think you're going to die all the time. And it's like, again, those little bits of humor in this Mm -hmm. serious situation to kind Mm -hmm. of balance it out because She's worried. She's stressed. And you and I are both mothers. We've both been in labor. You know, stress is not good for the mother. And the baby can feel all of that. The babies can feel that anxiety. They can feel that shift. And so him being there and, and still being Fergus, you know, cracking his jokes, but being so loving and so attentive to her when she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to die. He was like, no, you're not going to die. Yeah. We've made it through this before. We're going to do it again. But, you know, obviously because of the dwarfism, there were some issues with her birth and she knew something was wrong. Like when she went into labor at the table, she said, Claire, something is wrong. It it, it doesn't feel right. Right. You know, and then also how Claire was looking, you know, something was wrong. So she's like, oh, I think I'm going to die this time for real. Mm -hmm. However, I love their chemistry and connection when they were together. They, I, I mean, mean, they as soon all, as he started rubbing it. on her belly, I mean, when she saw him and then he explained what can help the womb move, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. Clearly, like, okay, I'm going to go get me some tea. Right, because I was not like when, okay, so basically what happens in the scene is he starts rubbing her belly, then he starts rubbing her breast, and while he's doing this, he's telling Claire about a technique that they used when he used Mm. to be in the brothel. He was like, when the women would have difficulty giving birth, he said, sucking on the nipples helps the womb to, to move. And it help it it can help with the labor. It can help, you know, the baby start to be on its way. He said, a lot of the women in the brothel used to do that for each other if they were having a difficult birth. So then he starts like literally suckling Marsley right there. And Claire's like, um, yeah, I'm gonna let you guys have your privacy. And she goes out into the room with the others and he's there ministrating to Marsley. And we do get to see a little bit of that intimacy, which I was like, okay, I like, I think we've seen, I'm trying to think, have we seen an intimate scene like that between Fergus and Marsley before? I don't think we have. No, I don't, no, I don't think so. So, yes, finally, mm-hmm. finally, we get to see it. With Not somebody even like when they got him. married, because they got married in the islands. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, not on the ship. No. Right. No, mm-hmm. I don't Nothing. think we have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you do get to see that that chemistry and that intimacy with them, mm-hmm. even though they have been like, it's almost like like they have been fighting they have been going through this terrible time. And it's like the moment he walked in the room, 
None of that mattered. None of that existed. It was out the window. And you got to see it and you got to feel it. And then, of course, out there in the kitchen, it's Malva, Claire, Jamie and Brianna. And they're sitting out there and all of a sudden they're just talking. And Claire is, I guess, explaining what Fergus was talking about. And then they realize they hear they hear uh, Marsley moaning. They're like, wait, are they? And Claire's like, yep. And then Jamie and, and Brianna like, yeah, this is not anything I want to hear. I'm going to go. So they go <laughs> off their separate ways. And then that poor Malva, she's there. She was like, um, she was like, so. She sounds kind of hurt, but. She sounds, sounds like, like she, she likes he likes it. Right. She was like, so women can like having sex. And I was like, oh, you poor, sweet summer child. I, I felt like old man on Game of Thrones. You poor, sweet summer child. But again, this is Tom Christie's daughter. So she's probably been taught that that is, you know, that sex is an act for women to, you know. Um, I don't, think she, and, I don't uh, even think she have even been taught that. I don't she might that, not have. That man doesn't look like he's going to have that conversation with her. You're right. But Claire has the conversation with her. Right. You know, Claire's going to get her in trouble. I mean, she's doing what's right, though. You, she needs someone to talk to her. She doesn't have a mom and... Tom Christie's a little crazy. So she needs someone to talk to her. However, I need her not to go home and say any of the things that Claire says to her so that. I, I think Malva's a little bit smarter than that. <laughs> Just to, you know. I think she's a little bit smarter than that. But. Um, Just poison your dad when he's sleeping. That's all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just advocate murder on this show? I'm sorry, I did. She should just <gasps> poison him with the milk. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to get to a point. It is going to get to a point. Is she going to consider it? I think so. I mean, I think she can, should consider it later on. Like when she wants to I mean, lead her own life, she may want to consider. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say she's she should putting a pill over his head. I don't know something. But you know what? He's irritating. And yes, there's a lot of things wrong with him, but I don't think he's done anything yet to justify murder. Now, if you had said that about, let's say, Lionel Brown, maybe even Richard Brown. And I say Richard kind of like, eh, only because I know that he has it out for Jamie. You know, he's like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you brought me my brother's body, but it's going to it's going to. It's going to get to a point, though. I mean, he is mentally and physically abusive to mm-hmm. her. And it's going to get to a point that he's not going to let her go. So, yeah, I'm making a joke about it. But later on, mm-hmm. it may come a point where it's going to be either him or her. And she's got to choose herself. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And if that's called throw him off the horse or something, or he falls off a horse and she's, he says, go get me some help. And she does it. It's not like, I can truly understand. It's not like he's going to be able to catch himself with that bad hand. So I can understand because it's going to get to a point where he he's taken out. He likes what he's doing when he beats her. I'm sorry. He yeah. does. He enjoys he does. it. And he's going to take out his issues that he has with Claire and with Jamie onto her. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a point where, again, him or her, you choose yourself. Sorry. I know. But at, at this point, at this point right now in the story, I think murder is a bit much. Just look at <laughs> I said later. I said later. Maybe next season when she wants to go off and no Anthony's over there on the side. Anthony, did you know your wife was this violent? 
Actually, he is asleep. So no, he yes, he knows. He is knocked out, but no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Later, it's gonna have to happen. But um, with Marcy and Fergus, you don't need Pitocin. So we realize that we have the new way before Pitocin. We can do that. Well, yeah, I mean, that is something that I have actually heard before, like a long time ago, even when I was pregnant. Um, they say sex will bring on labor. And I actually mm-hmm. have a friend who found that out the hard way. She was like three weeks early be- because she was having sex with her oh, husband. And then yep. she called me. She was like, um, I need you to take me to the hospital. I was like, for what? She was like, um, I'm in labor. And then later on, I was like, why are you, th- why are you three weeks? And she was like, yeah, such, such. And I was like, yeah. she said, so yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Or some eggplants, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to know. But it, but it was a be- it was a beautiful scene between. It the was two very beautiful, very beautiful. And then what happens next? I mean, and that was, I you know, I don't blame Fergus for rushing out because that is something that was. Yes, in a sense, traumatic, but also I think it was just a shock for him and for everything that they've gone through. He already felt like Marsley was having issues because of him. He felt bad because she got attacked while Mm -hmm. she was pregnant. So for that to happen, I think, you know, when he looks at Henri Christian and, you know, he's talking to him, he's like, bonjour, bonjour. He doesn't really notice it at first. And then when he sees him and he asks in French, is he a dwarf? Like Marcely doesn't understand the term, but Claire does. And she just looks at him. She's like, Ferguson, he runs. And then when she tells Marcely he's a dwarf and she gives him to Marcely and Marcely's like, he's beautiful. Girl, when I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was too. I was like, that is the ugly perfect, cry. Her feet reaction but that's a mom yeah it 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 doesn't you know this is your Mm -hmm. baby it doesn't matter and i think beautiful i think fergus again we and we'll find out more about this in the next episode but fergus i think at this point is just like is this my fault is this Mm -hmm. something because again i don't think they knew a lot about what causes birth defects or what causes people to be born different or any mm-hmm. of those things, like even with Claire, you know, miscarrying Faith way back then. Yeah, we know that the stress of her trying to get to Jamie probably was what pushed it over the edge. But she was and having some issues before that. And we don't know why she was. It could have been because mm-hmm. she was working in the hospital with all those sick people. And of course, you know, they didn't have the protections that our bodies have now. They didn't have that back then. So she could have gotten sick from something like that or whatever. But I just think at this point, Fergus was just kind of like, oh, here's something else. It's my fault. Here's something else that I did. Or maybe he felt like he was being punished because he wasn't there for Marceline and Claire mm-hmm. when all of that happened. And it's just, it's so sad to see him go through this. But also for me, I think it hurt me more because Marceline is having to go through this because she doesn't deserve it. Marceline, like I said in the last episode, Marceline has been down with Fergus since day one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They got together. 
she was not of age yet and they were kind of like okay well we're not doing anything until i become of age until we until we get married like but she has always when when jamie was fussing at him like you can't be with her she was like excuse me i can make this decision too and i want to be with him like from jump she has always Mm -hmm. had his back She's never looked at him as less than because of because he's missing a hand. She's never looked at him as less than because he can't work like the other men work. Like he does other things that contributes. And she's always appreciated him for that, you know. And when we have seen him with the kids, he's been a great father to the kids. We've seen him be a great husband to Marsley. It's just these last couple of episodes where we see his downfall and it was because Mm -hmm. of the attack because he feels like he didn't do enough so to see him go through that and then to see her have to suffer the consequences of that girl when i tell you i was like i had to pause this episode i was like i'm tired of crying i need a break i don't have the energy for this i just can't and then i'm watching this episode and i'm at home sick myself i'm i'm feeling bad i'm i'm i don't have no energy i'm just i'm just laid up looking at this like this is not good y'all can't do this and then yeah it's just mm-mm. i need i need them mm-hmm. i i know they're going to get through it because it's fergus and marsley but it's mm-hmm. hard to watch that journey. And I knew it was going to be hard when they started saying, yeah, Fergus is going to have a huge season. I was like, oh, y'all about to bring all his his trials and tribulations to the screen. Oh, they did. They did. They really did. But Caesar Donboy has been brilliant. And I'm so glad we're getting to see more of him on the screen. And I really mm-hmm. want to see more. Because it's, you know especially the last two seasons, I will say, I have felt like those two characters were were hugely underutilized. And I'm like, but they're such a huge part of the story. So nice to see them getting more screen time. Hope to see them continue to get screen time. And I just, like I said, Fergus is my baby. I'm gonna keep saying it. Fergus is my baby. I just want my baby to be okay. I just need him to be okay. Oh, and, then so you, then, and you saw a glimpse of him when he came to mm-hmm. her. You you can see it. That's you can see all those other things just out the window, and he was with mm-hmm. her in that moment. Right. You can see the couple. You can see the old his old self. You can see mm-hmm. it. So yeah, we got to get through it. He's gonna be drinking some more in the night if he even shows up oh. at home. But he probably didn't. And then now here she is. She's gonna go home and have to take care of a newborn mm-hmm. baby and your other children. Yeah. Cause but you know, granny so. and grandpa are gonna help her with that. So yeah. yes. and and Auntie Brianna and Uncle Roger and cousin Ian, they they'll all chip in. They're not gonna leave Marsley there to do, you know, for mm-hmm. herself. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I find it funny that after she had the baby and Fergus comes in, she's like, never again, Fergus Fraser. <laughs> no, we are not doing this again. <laughs> like four is enough we're not having more kids and i'm trying to remember i don't remember if they had more kids in the books but i want to say i don't know this is fergus we're talking about so i don't know i, don't know. I mean i was gonna say something but i'm gonna leave what <laughs> reason why they have four kids he learned a lot when he was young. well I'm yes sorry. he learned he a learned lot. a lot in the brothel yep mm-hmm. so, right so he learned the right way and the wrong way 
And he's been doing it the right way. And that's why they have that those right. children. And a great birth plan, too. <laughs> yeah, because apparently that wasn't the first time that they had, that they had done that. Yeah, they had done this. Right. So. But, you know, she didn't. I think for the last baby, she didn't have issues because Claire helped deliver that baby. I think that was Felicity. Mm -hmm. She didn't have any problems with that one. Maybe the first one, but of course, you know, it was the first one. So she probably had a little bit of a harder time. And Mm -hmm. that was was where they tested that theory out. Yeah. You know? So, okay. But, oh, yeah. I I need Fergus to be okay i need him to be okay and that's look and that's all i have to say about that but malva is there to help out with the birth so she she got some crash course training that night yes she Mm -hmm. did but yeah we have a new baby on the ridge and he's adorable I was like, yes, I was did. like, did they get a real baby? Because you, you, you know, when, when it comes to acting, you know, sometimes they have real children and then sometimes they have like fake babies or an, uh, I don't know, but it looked like a real baby. I was like, it looked like a real baby to me. He's so tiny. Like so, so cute. Just, yeah, we have a baby on the ridge. And I love the fact that Adso was sitting in the bed with Marsley while she was in labor, the cat. Mm-hmm. The cat was sitting there comforting. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, look at the cat. We're cat lovers. So, yeah. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, Roger and the matches and telling Brianna she's brilliant and telling the little boy who, um, the little boy, what was his name? Is it Aiden? The little boy who got lost and couldn't find his baby. The one they're helping, mm-hmm. they're helping um, the mom. I don't remember his name. Yeah. But just telling, he was like, "Yeah, my wife invented that, and she's brilliant. I love that. I do too." But he had to help her out because she was just feeling so defeated after they were just so excited if she was pregnant, and that wasn't what she's been working yeah. on. But she has to remember. So I totally understand that, and she has to remember she comes from a different time. You know, even though it's still back in the sixties, that's kind of all a woman was expected to do. But you know, there were some advances. Like her mother was a surgeon. At a time when that was almost rare. So she just has to, she has to do what Claire does. She's going to have to readjust her mind. Like if this is where you have decided you guys are staying, you've got to readjust your mind to kind of somewhat fit the times, you know, not necessarily go all the way and be like, okay, yes, I'm just going to revert and just forget about my independence. Just don't be, just don't be disappointed that they wasn't excited because they don't understand invention. it and maybe they would have been excited if you kind of said i have a surprise that i created something mm-hmm. when you just say surprise again because of the time the first thought was pregnancy mm-hmm. if you led them on that road of i have a surprise that made something right. okay they may have been more excited and it's so funny because everybody else was getting excited and claire was looking like um i don't think that's what she meant <laughs> So you could clearly tell who the uh, who the time travelers were in that scene or who the people who for, you know, for whom oh pregnancy is not the only big thing she can do, you know. Right. But so so he made her feel special. mm -hmm. And the little boy was truly excited about it. He was like, right. 
And that and that was what she needed at that at that moment. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's a little more mm-hmm. innocent, someone who doesn't have the um sarcasm of the world or you know, they don't have that. Yeah. That's that's what she needed. The rest of her mm-hmm. family. <laughs> that's what she needed. Yes. So you so you see this little flirtation stuff going on between Lizzie and and Josiah, right? Yes, ma'am. Very obvious. And look, the bugs are looking at I, them like. I just want to ask some questions about that, but I'll ask that after the recording. Because you don't want to spoil. Spoil it for anyone. So well, you can make theories, but I think I I think your theories might be might be on track. So yeah, we don't want to spoil anyone. Yeah. But as you know, um, Josiah and Mr. Bug are going to town. They're they're going to like sell some fox pelts and you know, trade some goods and stuff. And the Cherokee have come onto the land, and this is where they're asking Jamie, like, so did you give them my request for guns? And Jamie is like, No, I didn't. You gotta trust me. I'm I'm doing this for the right reasons. And they're looking at him like. We got your number. Uh, what, what is it with y'all just like all on mm-hmm. my desk today? And that's when, that's when Ian decided, okay, well, I'm going to help mm-hmm. him get it the best way I can. Right. Because he was but like, look, thankfully. we can't make that decision for them. Like, why can't they defend their home from right. the people who are taking it? And, and they've said it like the Cherokee has a, tr- they have a treaty line. And supposedly nobody crosses that line into their territory. But people have been doing it and they've been building and they've been hunting and it's not right. It it literally is that whole colonization thing from the beginning. Like, yeah, I understand this is your line and this is your treaty line, but fuck your treaty line. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to hunt and I'm going to build a home and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, let's not do that. And and Ian season is like, you know what? Nope. If you're not going to help them by, you know, making the request that they wanted, I have to go and help them, right. you know, because. So that's why it was very powerful when he heard that he had a son. Yeah. When Ian had the son and that's what, okay, that's his family. And he's my family. So. Right. I'm going to change my mind. But then when you think about that too, his, his story is so sad because again, mm-hmm. we, we still don't know what happened. And he's been suffering in, in silence. He's he's just been he's been holding on to that for himself. So that's my other baby. I need him to get it together too. He needs to open his mouth and start talking to some people and letting them know what's going on. Yes, but he just he just choose different moments. Like when he opened up to Roger, mm-hmm. and then telling Marcy, it's just like little tidbits. You just gonna get a little mm-hmm. bit from him. Yeah. But I need you guys to sit around the table and actually ask, what happened? Why are you? Why did you come back? I don't know if that's a conversation they're ready to have because it's obvious he went through something very painful, very traumatizing. Like we don't know if the wife died. I don't think she did because of the question that he asked. Like, can uh, what did he say? Can it be that um, things get fixed between a husband and wife or something? He said along those lines. So I don't think that she's dead but maybe them losing a child put some strain behind you know between them Mm -hmm. and and he just had to leave or you know 
something. And that's why he said what he said about he's grieving, he will come mm-hmm. back. Because he's had to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, that don't mean you maybe can go back because you can't go back to the Mohawk. You got to stay with us. But, well, maybe he did go back and it was too late with her. Could have been. When he came mm-hmm. home. Could have been. He went off, stayed in the wilderness for a while, came back, and then she was like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want you back. Yep. So we don't know. We're just speculating here, but something happened. So much drama. It is. So let's talk about this church. <laughs> let's talk about this church. Because the church is coming along quite nicely, and Jamie rides over there. And he's like, yeah, so was going to say this before but since she was having a funeral i didn't want to be disrespectful and what was it that tom said he was like you know i've said a man must build a house a house for god before he builds one for himself because jamie is like so you haven't started on any of your your homes yet and tom was like no we're starting on the church first and jamie is like okay so we've come a long way from arts mirror but you haven't forgotten your Freemasons vow, have you? And Thomas like, no. So Jamie's like, yeah. So this is not going to be, you know, just it's going to be a meeting place. It's going to be a meeting place where everybody can come, no matter what their religion, no matter what they practice. Mm -hmm. And my wife better be allowed in here. Yes. He had to add that on to the end. And then when he said that, my wife, too, he kind of stepped in front of him. He was like, and if I hear anyone accusing her of witchcraft again, I would. He was like, I will tear this shit down. (laughs) I will bring this down. But no. And then he stepped away and then he was like, and then maybe you should add a bell. And maybe some windows. Some windows windows would be nice. Like, okay, Jamie, the interior decorator. But I mean, he designed the house on the ridge. He designed, he even designed the small house, you know, and built that with his own hands. So he knows what he's talking about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, having, watching Tom having to kind of swallow his pride and listen to what Jamie says, because Jamie is like, look, this is still my land. I can still kick you off if I want. He's not going to say that because this is Jamie. He's not going to say it. Right. And he's not even going to. But the implication is there. But of course, that's yeah. when Tom comes into the place and Malva is actually looking at, I think she's looking at some notes from Claire. So she might be looking at some stuff that Claire had given her to study because when mm-hmm. he walks in, she puts it down and she moves it to the side. And then that's when he's asking her about what she's doing, your chores and the milk. And he's like, this milk is sour and blah, blah, blah. And pull up your skirt. It's supposed to be the land of milk and honey and and. Didn't he say mm-hmm. that? And he doesn't have those things. Yeah, he was taking it out on her. And then she was like, well, I was going to make some butter. Why haven't you? She was like, it must have slipped my mind. No, you too busy doing that stuff that Mr. Frazier has given you and you're not tending to your chores. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to thank your ass and, and get you back on track. So he has her pull up her skirts, similar to what we saw Jamie and Claire in the first season. Mm-hmm. And he takes off his belt but he's talking to her because what he does, he knocks over the milk. She's down there picking it up. And he says, you have a dark soul, just as dark as your mother. And I'm like, right. What? And then say, get up. And she's steady wiping. Like she hear him. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets up, he, you know, he has the belt in hand. He can't even hold the belt. 
I'm like, dude, just put it in your other hand. And, and, but apparently you're not left-handed and you can't do that. So he has this belt and you see him struggling and he's, he's steady trying to, trying to hit her with the belt and he can't do it. And eventually she just stands up and she's looking at him like, I'm waiting. All right, what you going to do? I mean, the look of contempt on her face, yeah. but she looked like she wanted to laugh at him. And he's mad. He's like slamming the belt down and he's doing all this and he's holding his hand. And she's just looking at him like, yeah. he's like, stop looking at me. Nah, bro. I'm going to look at you as long as I want to. Right. Because you can't do shit. What you going to do? What you going to do? And you, and you can tell that it doesn't even bother her anymore because her look wasn't like, oh my goodness, I'm about to get you know, a spanking or anything. She's just like, okay, that's going to be for 10 minutes. Let me just get ready and prop myself up. Oh, look, you can't even do it. Mm. That's the way she's looking. Like, I'm so used to this at this point, And now you can't even get yourself together over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, dude. I'm telling you. And then the fact that he goes over to Claire, he's like, yeah, so I've thought about it. And um, yeah, it's affect it's affecting the way I write. So now I need my hand fixed. You don't live with this affliction your whole life, supposedly, because he made it seem like this is something he was born with. You've lived with this affliction your whole life. You can live with no, uh, and I know that's not clear because Claire wanted to heal him, but yeah. but I'm trying to figure out when was when have you been writing? I ain't see him write one thing. I've been seeing him talking, mm-hmm. trying to pick up a belt. Maybe read his Bible, but writing, yes, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's the reason. We know what the real reason is. Because you want to spank that girl. And I, now you have to because the look, just the look that she gave him, it looked like you never going to spank me again. So he's like, I have to prove her wrong. I got to get this together. Mm. I just, I still don't know like what makes him tick. Like, how did he become. <sighs> Okay, so I know that him being as pious as he is, he probably was raised that way and mm-hmm. just kind of took it and ran with it. But it, like I said, there, there's something about the way he is. You know, it's like he has this disdain for Jamie and we don't really know why. Like we have glimpses of what happened at Arzmir, but he was acting like that even before. So again, we don't know why. Probably has something to do with the fact that they were Jacobites. But again, the question to me is, okay, you're judging them for being Jacobites. Why were you in prison? If so you, you were feel like they like, committed a sin, you actually committed a sin because you're in, like you said, prison for a reason. So I don't know. I feel the same way. Like, I don't really know his motives. Like, is it because he was raised that way or is it because he's covering up something inside of him? You know, the friends who hate something inside of them and then it comes out a different way. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't figure him out. Could have something to do with his wife because we do know that his wife is not there. She's gone. Mm -hmm. Maybe something, some kind of experience with her changed him that way you know it does happen mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. just it just don't know. it does because even when one of my um shows you don't watch the handmaid's tale we have at one of the aunts and she was like that she was nice easygoing and she just got triggered 
like she liked helping kids. And then she was with um, a young lady. She was helping her with her kid and the young lady turned on her. And then now she starts to do, you know, different things to the ladies. So you kind of see it kind of has a turn. So he may be similar. Like he was probably okay. And if there was a turning point that has triggered him to go far left. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know. But at any point, he can't get his hand fixed now because he didn't open up the stitches on his other hand trying to get that belt together so he could whip Malva. So now Claire's like, yeah, so I told you I will operate on that hand when this hand is done healing you. You just burst your stitches open again. So you're going to have to wait. So for all of that hemming and hawing you were doing, trying to trying to whip your child, now you have to wait. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to wait anyway because what you what is he expecting that she's gonna fix his hand and he's immediately gonna be no just sit over there and suffer in silence. (laughs) (laughs) I I just I do not like this man. No, but you won't let me, you know, let her Mava throw him off a horse yet. But okay, no, he has not yet. It's not yet. Not yet. Oh, you know what? I'm trying to think. I don't know if he ever actually does anything that I would say would warrant killing him. I don't think he's I'm not quite saying killing. I'm just saying if he falls off a horse or well, gets hurt, poison. she doesn't have to. I did a slow poison would have been okay, but not killing him. Okay. I understand she's innocent. So, but if he needs some help, she doesn't have to actually go get Claire. She could take her time, maybe take a two day trip. Hey, Marsley. <laughs> no let me not no because marcely didn't want to she didn't want to kill lionel brown but he threatened her yeah so. and she was going through her own trauma too at the time because he, he did hurt her too so mm-hmm. yeah that was deep on that one so no i mean but it'll be nice if tom christie leaves but however i know he needs to be here and we're going to go through some things and get some things resolved let's hope so because i don't know if i can sit through a whole nother season of him acting the way he's acting now like he needs a huge huge slice of humble pie yes he does not saying that he's arrogant or anything but he does have this way about him that he feels like because he is a man of god and that he's oh, better he's than everyone that. else that's mm-hmm. what he walks around and acts like that mm-hmm. he's better and he doesn't and that he doesn't understand why Jamie has all these things, these blessings, and he doesn't either. So yeah. that's his issue too. Which which is kind of weird because uh, from what I remember from the Bible, you're not supposed to cover material things anyway. So why are you jealous about what he has? I don't know, but he has brought it up a couple of times. Yeah. Maybe he's so, worried for Jamie's immortal, uh, immortal soul. I don't know. I don't know, but he he's gonna cause some problems. So I'm just. Did you see the previews of the next episode? Like Claire looks like she's about to cut in his hand, and she tells him. To, I think she tells him to take the bid, and he was like, "No, I'll just read my Bible." I was like, "Oh, that's gonna work out well." Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. so, okay. I, I'm I'm ready to see that because you know Jamie gonna be standing behind him during that surgery. You know that's gonna happen. Like, oh, you want your Bible? Okay. And, okay. and it's funny because he always pops up. So I think he'd be looking, he over there with the horses. He'd look around and say, oh, oh Tom Christy heading over there towards my wife. Let me just pop on in right. and mess with him. Mm-hmm. 
Because you know he deserves it. He does. Because he's a he's an ass. I'm right. I'm about to say really. Yeah. He's he an really arrogant is. ass. Mm-hmm. He really is just an arrogant ass. Mm-hmm. However, he still he doesn't need to die. out on his daughter. He doesn't need to die. Later. He might need to get beat one good time, though. You know, you want to take a strap to somebody, you know, you, you know who so should cute. beat him? His daughter. But that's neither here or there. Maybe Alan, but I, I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know again alan is kind of one of those he's like a question mark because even when jamie was there when he went to the church to talk to tom and he's telling him okay yeah so since you're building this church let me tell you how things are done here so this is going to be a meeting place and blah 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 when he's telling him all that alan's just looking at them and then he's going yeah, he was sawing he's looking at he the was church. Sawing. right and he was and like he just- stop like Oh, okay. Can I can I stop working now? Like, if we're not gonna continue this steeple, that means I don't have to be doing it. <laughs> That's what it looked like. He's like, okay, so what am I doing? What am I doing? Are we are we doing this or not? Oh, okay. You told dad it was okay for him to include the steeple, but he mm-hmm. needs to put some windows in a bill. Okay, so I guess I I guess I gotta work for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But he didn't look pleased. I mean, he he looked at the whole situation kind of. You know, like I don't feel like Jamie was disrespectful to Tom Christie, but he did very clearly let it be known this is my land, Mm -hmm. and I have given you the grace to be here. So you will do what I say. And you're gonna include everyone. Right. And you will not undermine me again. Mm -hmm. And Y'all better not call my wife a witch no more. Because I, I, I know Jamie is tired of people calling Claire a witch. I mean, even before he found out that she was, you know, a time walker. No. Jamie is probably sick of the word witch. He probably is like, you know what? If I never hear that word again, it'll be too soon. So, yeah. But he, has he went and laid his- down the law. Yeah, Tom Christie has to be put in his place because if not, he's going to carry on and feel like he can actually do whatever he wants to do and say whatever he wants to say. As long as it's within the, you know, the what, what the Bible says and what God says. Mm-hmm. So is God telling you to spank you? You know what? Let me not, let me, that's a whole, let me not even go down that road. Let me not. Oh, I, you know, it's so weird because these episodes are longer Mm-hmm. But it feels like like we covered everything. I feel like we suppo- I, I feel like we're supposed to be talking for longer because the episode is longer. Mm-hmm. But so we've covered I mean, everything. Like we're covering. We covered all the good everything. points. All the good points. All the sexy points. All the sad points. I mean, yeah. and, and I will say this too, as far as the intimacy scenes, I love the way that they write them because. They're so respectful. You know, it's it's like mm. you, you see the chemistry between the characters and it's just the way, even, even with Jamie coming in like, hey, okay, you know what? I got to have you now. And if I wasn't too tired, I would. Like, even with those, like you can put that line in another show and it will be raunchy as hell. Yes, It will sound so disrespectful and it can sound so demeaning but for some reason when he says it 
it doesn't come across that way. And it's because you know of the connection that he has with his wife. And the love that he has for her. Right. And even when she was repeating the things he was saying, like you said, I like you. I love you. I must have my inside. Right. (laughs) He's like, I really meant it. (laughs) Especially that last part. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, but yeah, because we have seen this journey and we know that they deeply respect, like he deeply respects her Mm -hmm. and that they love each other. And And, yeah. And, and I I feel like we see the same with, with Ferguson and Marjorie too, you know, because we've literally watched that relationship unfold Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, just like with Jamie and Claire and the same with Brianna and Rogers, like they all have these connections to their characters and they all have the connections to each other. And they're all relationships that have a lot of love, a lot of respect, a lot of chemistry, Mm -hmm. but they're so different as well. Like they have that common thread, but they're also, they are approached so differently, but all in such wonderful and respectful ways. And it's, it's kind of like, I mean, we've said this, it's almost like you have to watch the scenes like this because you feel like a voyeur, like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be watching this. Like it really feels intimate and I can see, I, I really can see why some of the fans ship those, those people together in real life, because you mm-hmm. feel like, yeah, how do you fake that? Like, how do you just film that kind of stuff and then get up and be like, oh, okay, that was a good scene, blah, blah, blah. Like the scene with Ferguson Marsley, I, I was like clutching my pearls. Like, and I'm not approved by no stretch of the imagination. No. I'm not easily embarrassed by any of that stuff, but it just, it was so intimate. I was like, I felt like I was in the room watching mm-hmm. them. Like, whoa. But it was such a beautiful scene. Right. Such and- a beautiful scene, especially coming off of what we saw just before that, Fergus being drunk. Fergus being like, oh, I'm not going up there. She doesn't need me. I'm worthless. I'm useless, blah, blah, blah. And Roger's like, Dude, regardless of what you think, she's crying out for you. You got to go be there for her. Fuck what you going through. Go be there for her. She's about to bring your child into the world. Even all there, you know, fighting, you know, her fighting with him just to get him to stop all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just going through something right now. And you can tell even if she says something that may have hurt his feelings and he has said something Mm-mm. we still love each other mm-hmm. and we're there for each other especially when we need each other it's just that he is going through something yeah and i think and she's too, trying to she's trying to push and help him the best way she can right and then not only that too we have to think about the fact that as a result of all of that Frankis also had to kill which i don't think he had really done before so you know i th- you know he did it as a child at Culloden, remember he did kill a so- soldier mm. or not. No, it wasn't at Culloden. It was at, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the other battle, but mm-hmm. you know, he did kill, he did kill a soldier, but doing that in the face of war and then going and doing it the way that they did it when they rescued Claire, like, yeah, they were fighting people and having to kill people to defend themselves. But then you turned around and cold blooded killed the rest of them because Mm -hmm. of what they did he's dealing with that too 
And no. I'm going to actually, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that one. I think he would be okay with that because that means he was useful. I think it's not being there to help because he feels like he is not, he's man enough. I don't know why he wouldn't think he was man enough because not having that with that one hand mm-hmm. and being useful. Mm-hmm. Now killing, he was able to do that. He was with all the men. He can mm-hmm. get it taken care of, but not being there to actually save them. Yeah, and, and I think that's what I mean. I think the like, killing would be okay because he'd be like, okay, I was able to do that. I was useful, you know. But it's the fact of why he had to do it in the first place. Right. And and if you think about it, like Roger had Brianna to tell. Remember last episode? It was weighing on him heavy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I have something to tell you. Will you hear me? Basically, he was asking her, will you hear my confession? Because when he had her turn out the light, what did he say to her? I killed a man. He had her to talk to about that. Mm-hmm. Fergus really doesn't have anyone, if you think about it, in that sense, because he can't go to Marsley because Marsley was a victim of all of that. So he wouldn't feel right going to her. Of course, he's not going to go to Claire. I don't think he would feel comfortable going to Jamie because, I mean, if you think about it, Jamie didn't kill a lot of people. Right. And that's why I said, so, I don't really think that I really don't think he had a problem with the killing. Mm-hmm. I don't. Just how being in the brothel, the things he has seen, he's been through. Roger, I totally get why he had. Yeah. You know, he, he's not about this life. Mm-hmm. He wasn't about this life. So, you know, that first time, because even even Brianna, she had no problem. She wasn't confessing when mm-hmm. she killed. Right. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? She was all good. She yeah. had that shotgun or that rifle, whatever, and shot him in the head, whatever. But, but you or, know, it, it was a different thing, too, because she didn't kill. She wasn't killing Bonnet out of malice. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. And and that was that's always been something that's that's been a little hard for me with her character, because the way they wrote her character with Bonnet, it's like she had sympathy towards him. That's what I was thinking because she didn't want him to drown. I was very confused when it happened. She didn't want him to suffer because she knew that he had nightmares about it. You know, yeah, we uh, that's a whole. uh, Yeah. So whole other. However, she still killed. But Roger, I can totally understand having a difficulty Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Yeah. From his background. Yeah. But then, like, like I said, for Fergus, maybe he didn't have an issue with the killing part because you're right. He would have felt useful. Like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. I'm out here with my Lord. I'm out here with Roger, within mm-hmm. his family. Mm-hmm. And he's avenging the person who, for all intents and purposes, is his mother. So, yeah, yeah I so agree with you on that. I just think maybe he's feeling it more because of the reason he had yeah. to kill. You know. And he's talking to Marcy about it, but he just needs to understand everyone felt bad about this situation, mm-hmm. about not being there. And it it happens. And I mean, know? it's not like you weren't there because you were lazing about or you were doing something like they literally blew the steel up. Yeah, and like you, you guys were taking a nap or something. Right. No. And you guys were going to try to make sure one, nobody was hurt Two, make sure the fire wasn't going to spread three to see what you could salvage of your livelihood because that was Fergus's job. He was the one making the whiskey. Mm -hmm. So he's got all of that compounded now because not only Mm. were you gone when that happened, but you just lost your source of income too. 
the one thing that made you feel useful on the ridge is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the way that you helped contribute to taking care of your family. So yeah, Fergus, he just. <sighs> he doesn't get that if he was there, he could be dead. Yeah. And she won't have anyone. The children won't have a father. Marcy won't have a husband. Mm-hmm. You don't understand that. You wasn't going to protect the way they came in there. Yeah. They already killed one person. Mm-hmm. The only so, other male that was on, that was there because right. because they probably would have looked at all the men as threats and been like, okay, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Kill all of them and then take the and take the women or take the witch or take whatever they want to call Claire at that time. So yeah, but yeah. it's okay. Fergus is gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It will be. It will be. But um, I can't wait to talk about the next episode. <laughs> Because I got some things to say about that one, and we will get to that shortly. But you have any final thoughts on this episode? Um, not at all. I think we have covered every bit of this episode. This episode was really good, and like I said, mm-hmm. it tugged on my heartstrings. I cried so much with this episode, and I was like, This is only episode two, and y'all got me crying like this. What are y'all gonna do to me for the rest of the season? I know. I just, I don't know. But looking forward to it, whatever it is. So for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.